thank you for joining us today for A Boy Named David. This episode is brought to you by our sponsor, One World Group, a literary group. I'm Jackie Aguirre Gross, and I'll be leading you through the adventures of David. So sit back, close your eyes, and let your mind explore the world of David Hackenfeld. Episode 1 Berlin David loved Berlin. He loved walking through the streets of the city, lined with both old and new architecture. Many of the older parts of Berlin were colored with spray paint and graffiti. Berlin in the past contained a huge wall that separated the east from the western portions of the city and country. The wall spurred much controversy and resulted in its destruction. Berlin, since that time period, rebuilt itself. The newer parts of the city contained many upscale hotels, and the older areas reflect the architecture of both classical and new. David regarded these structures daily and admired the diversity of the city. Throughout Berlin, his favorite places included going to the zoo and the aquarium, located in Tiergarten. David loved the animals in the zoo. His favorite were the bears, Samson and Smitty. He also enjoyed going to the museum. The museum offered a vast array of paintings, and David's imagination worked overtime in there. He often imagined what the actual artist was thinking about when he painted the portraits, and how closely the paintings actually mirrored the subjects. He wondered if the artist ever dreamt that their painting would one day hang in a museum for so many people to admire and emulate. All in all, David loved the city immensely. David, you see, was 17 years old and considered himself an artist too. He played the violin. His companion on many of these trips was a small, washed-out old stuffed puppy, Dopey Dog. Dopey was a mid-sized stuffed animal. His eyes were black, but from many years of love and washings, they were half scratched off. His little plastic nose was long gone, though he still had the original heart-shaped crystal that formed a part of his original collar. He had spent many years with David, over 17 years. He traveled all over Europe with David, listening to David play the violin and perform at various functions like weddings and outdoor concerts and the likes. David loved the violin and played every day. His daily routine included three hours of practice, first scales, then etudes, and then a major piece. After his classical training, he then worked on his own creative works, which included jazz, rock, and easy listening pieces. Songs that also reflected the seasons were also played. David lived alone, his family long gone. He worked on his compositions at night. The quiet and darkness helped his creative mind flow. It was at night when he heard the voice of his creativity, a mixture of hard rock and classical music, a voice whispering in collaboration with him 
carrying on a dialogue in his mind. David often wondered if this was some sort of a spirit guide or perhaps his guardian angel. David's compositions often reflected on what he saw during his morning walks, his museum trips, and feelings he wrote about in his journal. Sometimes he would fall asleep. During this time, and dream of a being, the voice in his head from a galaxy somewhere who lived in a sea of pink cherry blossoms and who would hum tunes to him and ask him to finish them and make them his own. He would wake up laughing at the silliness, but there would always be the skeleton of a song left in his notepad or journal. David, during his walks, crossed a large river in the city, the Spree. He often bought a cup of coffee and would sit down, usually near or in Tear Garden, his violin strapped to his body. Once in the forest-like park, he would find a quiet spot with no one around, just the tranquility of the area. He would imagine his far-off muse and he would play his violin. He would select something that brought his heart happiness, serenity, or simply start composing a song. David would imagine that he was hearing an electric guitar in his mind as he played on his classical violin and work out segments of music putting pen to paper. On this particular day, as he bought his cup of coffee, he asked Dopey, to sit at a table and wait. David asked Dopey to watch over his Stradivarius violin. He brought this violin with him from the orphanage where he had spent the majority of his life. When he found the violin, it was covered in cobwebs. It had strings and the sound post was intact, but David had no idea this was a Stradivarius when he found it. It just looked like some beat-up old violin. Since then, David spent a lot of work and time prepping the violin and making it play at its best. David was convinced it was worth it. But at this time, it was time for coffee. David's companion, Dopey, loved fresh air and strictly knew not to wander off and leave on his own. But sometimes Dopey would forget what David said and he would wander away as David played his violin or waited in line for coffee. David warned Dopey many times to please do not wander away. I don't want to lose you. Promise me you will sit here and wait nicely. And on this one particular day, Dopey saw something by the river. At first he wasn't sure what it was. She seemed friendly, sort of pink, bright fuchsia, with long spindly legs, feathers abound, and a funny large nose. She sat alone, plopped down, on a wall adjoining the riverbank. Her head hung down low, and small droplets fell from her eyes and dotted the wall she sat on. Dopey knew he was trusted to watch the violin, but he had to speak to her. So Dopey, against David's wishes, did leave the table. He discreetly made his way over to the riverbank and to the pink object of his curiosity. She sat there all alone, 
The weather was getting a little colder. The wind was picking up, and sky began to darken with large, ominous clouds. These filled with the impending rain. It was January, and Berlin was in wintertime. As Dopi approached her, he felt so sorry for her sitting there alone. Was she lost, forgotten, or thrown away there? He didn't know. He was going to speak to her. He had to. Dopey worked up his courage. He scurried down from the table and over to the riverbank wall. He then spoke to her. Excuse me. Hello, please. May I assist you? The pink, feathery animal looked down at Dopey. She was so sad and a tear brimmed on her lashes and she spoke. Hello, I can't find my real lady. I've been waiting and waiting. My feathers are starting to get cold and the wind is blowing them in a different direction from the way they grow. They're going to break soon and I'm getting scared. The wind is sending a chill up my small body. Your real lady, asked Opie. Do you mean your owner? Yes, my mama, replied the creature. What is your name, asked Opie. My name is Dodo. Dopey took her small hand. It was covered in pink feathers and held it. Dodo truly felt the warmth of a loving heart touch her hand. She felt a bond there, even though they just met. She looked into the eyes of Dopey and didn't see the scratches. She only saw the love this animal had inside him. Thunder clapped above their heads, and a bright flash of lightning shot across the sky. Yet the two animals sat together, not moving, just looking at one another.